0: So, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to uh, Cabinet um, for a single-item agenda. Um, I do have 12 uh, speakers, uh, 10 members of the public and two District Council members. Um, as you're aware, members of the public have three minutes, and you'll see the clock at the back there, uh, which seem to work very well at PPWG. Uh, and District Council members have five minutes. Uh, I've been advised that Councillor Knight um, has a further engagement, so would like to speak first. Otherwise, I'll be taking it... I don't know whether you're familiar with this list. Otherwise, I'll be taking it in the list uh, as we have. And what we did at PPWG, just to keep the process working effectively, is to call two speakers so that we can move effortlessly from one to another. After uh, the the, the, the speakers, uh, Councillor Barker will introduce the item and respond uh, to some of the summary points, Uh, but as we go through the process uh, of uh, the papers that we have in front of us, um, officers will respond to every comment uh, that has been made. Uh, So uh, if... If you can wait uh, till the point is dealt with, you will get a full response. And we will do just a check at the end. Uh, The Chief Executive will just do a check to make sure that every every point uh, has been covered. So, uh, I'm just going to take apologies uh, and uh, declarations of interest before we start with the public speakers. Um, The the, um, uh, Councillor Howell uh, is on holiday, uh, something he had booked a long time ago and was not able to change. Um, and Councillor Riles has a, uh, a business emergency which sadly uh, necessitates that he, he has to be elsewhere this evening. Um, any declarations of interest?
1: Councillor Dean? Yes, thanks, Chairman. Although I am not a voting member of the Cabinet I will um, declare an interest in that my wife is a volunteer at the Gardens of Eastern Lodge and also I'm um, a member of um, SSE, Stop Sunset Expansion. Thank you. Councillor Barker. Uh,
2: yes, Chairman, as Cabinet Member, sorry, Cabinet Member, Essex County Council Member for Donmo, where there are several allocations in both Donmo and within Little Canfield Parish.
0: Okay. Um, I don't think I need to declare an interest that I live in Great Chesterford, do I? I'll come to you. Maybe the same point. I'm looking to Mr. Pugh, but I don't.
3: Um, I was just going to declare the fact that I'm a member of Great Chesterford Parish Council as well. I'm not sure it's relevant, but it feels like it is.
0: Okay, and we have a number of amendments to the papers uh, in front of us, which officers will go through at the appropriate time. Um, So, without further ado, I will call upon uh, Councillor Knight, Um, and if um, Jane Collins uh, who uh, also lives in Debden, could also come up to the other mic there, Uh, we will go from one to the other. Councillor Knight first with five minutes um, Jane Collins with three minutes.
4: I've come here to talk about the recent growth um, uh, on the plan of uh, houses in Newport that started uh, sorry Debden started off at 25 and went to 35 then went to 40 now 45 so I better speak quickly before there's another 50 added on Um, I uh, feel this is yet another greenfield site, prime agricultural land being used when there are alternatives. It appears as if Debden hasn't had its fair share. Um, I would like to point out in the last year 12 new houses have been built in Debden. Plans have been approved already for eight further houses and there's further applications in for another 10. So doing it quickly, I make it sort of coming up to roughly 28 to 30 houses, which is more than our fair share for a village, but the difference is that's natural growth which is what we desire. If you put too much of anything in too quickly, as any lady here knows when doing mayonnaise, you end up curdling the system. Um, This whole situation is totally disproportionate to a village of Debden's size. It actually is equivalent to a third of the village in the curtilage, in the central curtilage. The problem is, Nobody has checked a thing. When the call for sites went in, an application form stated quite clearly that there was no problems with flooding. There is indeed a huge problem with flooding there and one of the uh, residents there has said that he has spent hundreds of thousands of pounds trying to deal with the damage done to his house flooding in Rookend Lane. I don't say a hundred, I said hundreds of thousands. So it is a quite severe site. It is also on the rat run. Um, from the Faxted Road to the stations. Um, we have a severe problem with speeding on this particular road, which is the only way the entrance will uh, come in. Um, uh, I'm not uh, a socks and sandals lady, but we have to realise that there is a food, worldwide food shortage and that's one of the governments are knocking off best before dates um, and we are going to need some of this agricultural land and as I said before, it's not as if we are not doing our fair share in um, building things. If we take that there is one application in for 24 houses on 1.2 hectares elsewhere, and this is 1.5 hectares wanting to put 45 houses, so I can only assume that Debden will be having the first skyscraper buildings done in the village. Um, We have to also realise that we are a rural area. Uh, and parking is a main problem it would need a minimum of 90 car parking spaces just to accommodate the need of the average house and anybody with a grown family will know that they will need more if they have visitors there will be nowhere to park because there are no pavements and not even verges along that stretch so they will be put in the road which makes the road even worse with the speeding making it a single uh, lane traffic system I seriously seriously ask and urge urge people to reconsider this site for this number of houses. As I say, it seems to have omitted the fact that Debden has and is doing its fair share to contribute to this and this doesn't seem to have been taken into account. It's put forward as if we've had no houses and we've just got this extra space. It also smacks of desperation that suddenly let's dump it in Debden, let's dump it in Debden because they don't think we'll make too much of a fuss. Well, I'm the first start. We are going to make a fuss. I repeat, it is disproportionate for a village of our size. We are ruining the rural area that we live in. We were number one two, and two in the best places to live a couple of years ago. We are now well down below Ving. We have to take into consideration the ambience of the area and not destroy the small villages. With towns, I appreciate and sympathise totally with them, but an extra couple of houses with the ones they're doing doesn't have the same impact pro rata as it does for a village of our size to take such a huge amount of uh, buildings in addition to the ones we've already built. And I would like and suggest that people do go down and look at the site because it is not fit for purpose. I think I've beaten my five minutes, so hopefully you'll reduce a few of the houses thank you
0: (laughs) thank you very much Councillor Light Um, so you're you're, you're welcome to stay there but uh, the next speaker is uh, Ian Carter also a resident of Debden so Jane Collins yep
5: good evening Um, yeah I'm here because of my concerns of the building that's going to take place in Debden I mean From what I can see, and it's just my view, I would think that 90% of the cars are going to come out of the estate and turn to the left, which is obviously they'll go to Cambridge. The schools are that way. Um... Um, and obviously people that are catching the trains. Um, also, um, once you get up to the plough in Debden, in the main high street, there is gridlock there because it's cars parked all along from the plough right the way through up to the school. Um, quite often you'll drive through the village, and this is a, on a regular basis, you'll come up to the plough, you'll go to go, you get halfway along Traffic's coming towards you. you then got to try and reverse. You can't because the cars have followed you up behind. Um, The children walking to school, it's dangerous. The pavements are very narrow. Um, This is all my... I just think that it's going to be massive amounts of traffic taking into account that we have through traffic anyway, coming from Thaxted all the way through the village, both ways. It's quite a busy road. Um, That particular stretch is extremely fast, extremely fast. Um, An elderly resident said to me the other day that if he hadn't got his walking stick, the force of the wind would have blown him into the road. We've got a couple of disabled people in the village with wheelchairs. They they struggle as well. Um, And I understand that obviously in the middle of the village, there are small cottages and they haven't got Parking off road, and I totally understand that. But I just think to have what a hundred more cars coming out in the morning and coming back in the evening, all gridlocked in the middle of the village, I think is potentially a disaster. Um, That's really all my concerns are, as I say, the amount of cars that are going to come through our village, and everyone trying to come out at the same time in the morning and back again in the evening. And it is gridlock in the middle. Thank, thank you, you for listening. For, thank Finally you. Thanks. Thank you very much you. for
0: your contribution. Thank you. Um, Mr. Carter is next. If uh, Brian Ross would like to come to the vacant microphone,
6: that would be good. Thanks very much. Thank good evening. Um First of all, I'd say I'm not against all development, Um, I'm for proportionate um, development that's in keeping with the local character of villages Um, and I do believe in conservation and I think we have a responsibility uh, for future generations. I'd like to say I think that the application is slightly disingenuous. The original consultation that was put forward at the Parish Council meeting I attended was for 25 dwellings. When I've looked on the website tonight, there are two plots for 25 plus 25, so it now seems to have gone up to 50 dwellings. Um, I think that's misleading because people who attended that meeting believe the consultation is about 25 dwellings and not 50. Um, As Councillor Knight said, I agree it's disproportionate to the size of the village. It's approximately a 30% increase. It's high density. It's not in keeping with um, the open spaces and the... Uh, rural location. Um, I think it will have an adverse impact as to that. Um, It's arable land. Um, There's an ancient woodland within 500 metres of that site. Um, The open space and the character of the rural uh, village and the view for the residents, I would say, is probably one of the best views in the village Uh, for both residents, walkers, people... uh, seeking recreation and people driving through um, with the setting sun in the west behind that ancient woodland which you can see from the road which will be completely obscured. Um, I think it's inappropriate in terms of the poor roads. Um, it's in the centre of the village which means there will be traffic going potentially both ways out of the village. Um, the um, The existing developments have already had a severe impact in the centre of the village. It's like a car park at times now. It's creating significant um, road hazards to um, road users. We've got an ageing population um, and disabled people are now finding it difficult to use um, the pavements which are often parked upon. Um, Also people with um, children and buggies um, and even on the consultation it says it is not, uh, there is no viable route to strategic roads um, from that site. Um, I think in terms of infrastructure, drainage and sewage, um, there is flooding. On the document on the website it says the um, flooding effect is unclear, which I don't think is uh, very acceptable. Um, and I think due diligence in terms of a proper hydrological study um, should be undertaken. Um, the local sewerage works is at, actually at capacity currently, so I don't see how that will cope with a 30% increase. Um, as I say, there's there's lots of problems already in terms of road safety. Um, It's a long way from um, the the railway station for commuters, it's a long way from secondary schools, it's eight kilometres from the nearest health services, um, and I just don't feel it's an appropriate site, uh, particularly of that size. Thank you. Thank you very much. Perfect timing. Uh,
0: After uh, Mr Ross, we have Mr MacDonald.
7: Yep. thank you chairman um, yes my name is Brian Ross I'm deputy chairman of uh, Stop Stands and Expansion and it's in that capacity that I'm speaking to you this evening SSE has more than 7,000 members and registered supporters and our membership includes almost every local parish and town council in Uttlesford, many from further afield for many years SSE has enjoyed a a cordial but business-like relationship with this Council and I very much regret the fact that our relationship has become strained in recent months as a result of our profound concerns about the Council's handling of the current planning application. The latest issue to cause a divide was the publication two weeks ago of the radically revised Airports Policy in the Regulation 19.0 pre-submission local plan. The new policy either removes or waters down almost all the long-standing safeguards for the local community in relation to the unfettered expansion of Stansted Airport. It not only opens the door to the current planning application, it lays out the red carpet and it provides an open invitation for unfettered expansion of Stansted Airport in the future. This may have happened by accident rather than by design policy SP 11 as agreed by this council last year in the regulation 18 local plan was not controversial it was agreed unanimously by this council it received 126 consultation comments and I've reviewed all of those only two suggested that it should be watered down or relaxed all of the rest or almost all of the rest suggested the safeguards should be strengthened. Unsurprisingly, one of the two responses which asked for relaxation came from the owners of the airport, MAG. Policy SP11 has been revised almost exactly in line with the changes proposed by MAG and if anyone doubts this, I have a list of MAG's proposed changes here with me tonight. I am happy to make copies available. Also, whether by accident or design, This afternoon, I received a response to a freedom of information request from this council with the notes of a meeting held with MAG December last year. That again confirms the changes were proposed by (coughs) MAG. Policy SP11 now essentially mirrors what MAG asked for. On behalf of SSE and I'd suggest the wider community, I urge this council to reject the revision and go back to the old policy as set down last year in Regulation 18. Hopefully then we can restore the cardio relationship. Thank you.
0: Again, perfectly timed. Thank you very much indeed for that and we'll obviously comment on that in in due course. Um, Mr MacDonald, if Isabel Grant could uh, come to the microphone. Thank you.
8: Good evening. My name is Ken MacDonald. I have lived in Uttersford for 37 years. I am a Chartered Accountant with a fair understanding of numbers and the concept of audit trails. Since October 2015 I have been complaining that you have not demonstrated how the claimed housing need for Uttersford has been calculated and have failed to acknowledge that your base data included exceptional migration into the area to fill airport related houses. I had foolishly hoped that the evidence might be clearly set out in the Regula- Regulation 19 version of the local plan, but I failed to find it. Just as important as planning for homes is planning for jobs that will pay the mortgages or rent for all those new homes. Policy SP4 states that provision will be made for a minimum net increase of 16,000 jobs in the period 2011-2033. to 2033. Do you really guarantee this? Are you aware? You certainly should be. That you have assumed 10,000 extra jobs at Stansted Airport, bringing the total jobs there to about 20,000. Those figures were taken originally by your consultants from the airport's so-called sustainable development plan for 45 million passengers per annum, published in 2015. You should also be aware that. Excuse me. You should also be aware. <coughs> <excuse me. coughs> that the airport's more recent forecasts (coughs) are for 13,200 jobs in 2028 to service 35 MPPA and 16,200 for 43 MPPA. These figures appear in their environmental statement that supports their recent planning application. This suggests a maximum increase of about 6,000 jobs since 2011, not 10,000. What testing have you done of the airport jobs assumptions? Have you considered other views? You may be aware of Stop expansion suggestion that productivity gains associated with extra passengers would lead to a total need for only about 14,500 jobs to support 43 MPPA, in other words less than 5,000 extra jobs. And of course you are not assuming 43 MPPA, or are you? Furthermore, you should be aware that only 18% less than 1 in 5 of the airport's current workforce live in Uttersford, largely because most airport jobs are low paid and Uttersford housing is expensive there are two fundamental questions firstly what is a realistic number of additional jobs at Stansted and secondly how many might be taken by Uttersford's new residents are you really suggesting the answer to either question is 10,000 if the additional Stansted workers are to travel from elsewhere whilst new Uttersford residents travel to work outside the district how does this square with sustainability surely the local plan should demonstrate for the benefit of your electorate and the planning inspector how this makes sense Houses and jobs are the two most fundamental elements of a local plan, yet in Uttersford both forecasts are highly suspect and do not hold up well under scrutiny.
0: Thank you very much. Um, Mrs Grant and if I could ask uh, Mr Turner who is also a resident of Debton to come. Jackie Cheatham. Mr Turner is not speaking. Okay. He's not here. Okay, Uh, Isabel Grant, thank you.
9: Good evening, my name is Isabel Grant and I'm Chairman of wendon Zambo Parish Council. I'd like to address the issue of policies contained in the 2005 version of the local plan and not carried forward to the new version of the local plan. The problem is that important and relevant policies in the 2005 plan are left out. They should be carried forward to the new plan. The policies my council are concerned about are the ones which we presently see as Gen 2, Gen 4 and Gen 5 in the 2005 plan. Appendix 1 in the new plan claims that these policies are replaced by D1 and sb 12 respectively. But when you read D1 and SB12, the most important elements of the previous general policies are not there. Examples from old policy Gen 2 on design. Subparagraph A must be compatible with surrounding buildings. Not there. Subparagraph B safeguards the setting. Not there. Subparagraph C meets reasonable needs of all users. Not there. Sub-paragraph H minimises the impact on neighbours by using appropriate mitigating measures, not fair. Sub-paragraph I, no material adverse impact on residential properties, not there. Can I ask you as individuals to think about these last two items? If there was a development proposed on your boundary, would you want to have appropriate mitigating measures? Would you want to have protection against adverse impacts? If you agree that these are important, then these old general policies need to be carried forward to the new local plan. The same goes for the other policies mentioned. Gen 4, good neighbourliness, no material disturbance. Gen 5, light pollution to be minimised. These simply do not appear in SP12, which is said to replace them. So could I please ask you to reinstate these policies properly and clearly into the new local plan?
0: Thank you for your attention this evening. Thank you very much. So, I'll ask um, Mrs. Merrifield to come to the vacant microphone from Stebbing Parish Council and obviously if Mr. Turner does come, we'll take his contribution then. Thank you very much. Mrs. Cheetham from Taitley Parish Council.
10: My comments are directed to your latest version of SP11. Takeley Parish Council is very concerned that Uttlesford District Council have taken away the protection the residents around the airport had in policy SP11 for restraining growth at the airport. Uttlesford District Council seems to be giving carte blanche to development with scant regard to the local residents' interests. Utlesford District Council has always aspired in the past to be making sure that Stansted is an airport in the countryside but with your new SP11 policy there is no safeguard to even stop a second runway. Utlesford District Council seems to be totally on the side of MAG in allowing them to develop the airport at the expense of the residents and the harm it will do to the local countryside and area around the airport. If this plan remains unchanged, then the forthcoming planning application will be a (laughs) foregone conclusion. The Regulation 18 local plan consultation document had a point three in the airport development section which stated they in accordance with the latest permission. They're in accordance with the latest permission. This has been left out as requested by MAG. This part of the SP11 previously gave assurances to the local residents that there was a check on the airport expansion. The sections on noise have also been watered down to the point of emasculating and further reducing noise reductions we would urge you to see a commitment to reducing airport noise from both ground and air noise sources. As of this moment, the airport's noise action plan runs out in December and MAG have not yet consulted on the new one, which has to be in place by law by January 2019. Noise complaints have gone up considerably considerably over the past months airport related car parking takeley parish council is very concerned that the opportunity to have off-site airport related car parking is still in the proposed plan off-site airport car parking is already detrimental to the area surrounding the airport with a road system that cannot cope with the local traffic and the new houses that have already been built. There is plenty of land on the airport to have further car parking if required. As a parish council, we have already highlighted this problem to Uttlesford District Council, I'm nearly finished, both to the Enforcement Department and to the Planning Department in response to the latest planning application from MAG. We don't want Stansted to become like Gatwick, which is surrounded by off-site car parks. I must
0: ask you to finish, Jackie.
10: Right. We want Stansted to remain an airport in the countryside, with the positive help from Matt.
0: Thank you very much indeed. And um, I haven't commented on any of the uh, previous uh, items, but just to advise you that... Um, uh, number 3, we'll, you'll hear later from Mr Harbour about how we're changing SP11, but there will be a comment about item 3 in then. Right, um, we've got Sandy Merrifield and Dr Graham Mott from Elston and Parish Council is the speaker after that. Sandy Merrifield, Stebbing.
11: Stebbing Parish Council, the community, the community group Our Stebbing and the community of Stebbing feel completely let down and ignored by this council as must do the communities of Little Eastern and Great Chesterford. Many of the arguments that our three communities make are the same. The lack of infrastructure, the aspirations about the roads and much more. We understand their frustration and we feel the same pain. We in fact feel double the pain because the community of Stebbing has already spent thousands raised in fighting Braintree District Council. At least they have names that relate to their communities and Uttlesford. Stebbing has west of Braintree, this council has never called this anything other than west of Braintree, apart from, and thank you Councillor Dean, for east of Stebbing. We are in Uttlesford, not Braintree. You have not even tried to change that. Much is said about the 10,000 houses in Eastern Park, but little is said about the 13,500 in west of Braintree. You, of course, will say that you're only adding 3,500 to Stebing. I know it's only 970 in this planned period at Andrewsfield and Boxted Wood within this LDP. But you will be responsible for the coalescence of the district with Braintree. You have not protected this rural, historical and archaeological rich parish from avaricious landowners, speculative developers or the neighbouring district council. And for example, in the last PPWG, Galliard Homes representative was pushing for more houses to be built and the start date to be earlier. You have joined in and applying on ahead with everything that is purely aspirational and you say trust us it will be sorted out in the development plan document we are skeptical at best. We heard at PPWG that work on SP8 has been informed from Braintree District Council's reports from their inspectors comments at the tribunal. Therefore we are concerned that Ustlefield District Council becomes the junior partner when drawing up the DPD and Stebbing first worse. We believe that from day one of this local plan, West of Braintree had a definite place as one of what was initially and allegedly only two garden communities. What Stebbing Parish Council does know is that at a meeting prior to the aborted announcement, we were told—and I paraphrase here—is that what, that it would be looked at for what was right with the West of Braintree, and later in the meeting, for what was wrong with Great Chesterford. This hardly seemed fair or equitable and certainly showed a predetermination and a bias towards the west of Braintree with a complete disregard for anything that the community of Stebbing might say. In conclusion, we are not NIMBYs, we know there is a need for housing, in fact Stebbing is developing a neighbourhood plan which will have suggestions for small developments as well as the 10% growth already granted in recent permissions by UDC. What we just do not believe is that West of Braintree is viable, deliverable or sustainable. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, We have uh, Dr Graham Mott uh, and I'll ask Alexander Armstrong from Great Dunmow Town Council to come to the Mm -hmm. microphone. Dr Mott.
12: Mr Chairman, i speak on behalf of Elston Parish Council there is good news and a welcome surprise. The local plan is in such very good shape that there is now actually some surplus capacity. The total number of houses required over the plan period is 14,000 and the number in the plan is 14,712. What is more, the five year housing supply now stands at a smidgen short of six years. At this late stage there is no scope for any major changes to the plan but small adjustments can be made in order to improve it further. Now sir, an allocation is included of 440 houses in Elsnam. In 2011 Elsnum was a village of just under a thousand households. The plan proposes a further 650 dwellings in the period up to 2033 one consequence of so many new residents from a limited age range is that the demographic profile of the village is now considerably unbalanced elston primary school is being doubled in size and yet in the medium term the demand for school places is forecast to decline elston surgery is severely oversubscribed with no space for expansion and the issue will become much more acute as the large numbers of new residents grow old together. Shopping and recreation are limited with no reasonable prospects of expansion. There are stronger arguments for exclusion of Elsenham from the plan than for other settlements. The main reason for the failure of the previous local plan was the larger allocation to Elsenham. The major objection was the road links, and if the inspector's report is read closely, there is no doubt that he was of the view based on his observations on the ground that road access was inadequate at that time December 2014. There have been many more homes completed since then and that inspector's view was confirmed by the inspector who rejected a proposal by Fairfield for raw houses in a report which was endorsed by the Secretary of State in 2016. The chief issue is the hopelessly difficult main route out of the village via Stansted Mount Fidget. Surprisingly large numbers of local residents already use alternative narrow winding country lanes wholly unsuitable for the purpose. To conclude, to imagine that another 40 in Elsinore won't make much difference is to misread the situation since an excessive number has already been approved. If these 40 houses were taken out, it would undoubtedly make the plan more robust and ease approval by the government inspector and thereby benefit the whole district. Thank you, sir, for your attention. Thank you very much.
0: So we have uh, Alexander Armstrong at the microphone and still no Mr Turner, so I'll call Mr Hargreaves to the second microphone. You might just turn the second one off and just to remind you that uh, councillor Hargreaves has five minutes Mr Armstrong
13: sorry yeah good evening Uh, I'm actually councillor Alex Armstrong from Great Dunmo Town Council uh, and I'm representing them this evening Uh, I've just handed out some uh, some maps for you to have a quick look at Uh, what we're talking about tonight is that the Town Council urges you to exclude three site allocations from the pre-submission local plan before it goes out to consultation. Two of them are outside the Great Dunmo neighbourhood plan development area and the third is an employment site which was refused on the 6th of June at the last planning committee meeting at Uttersford. The Great Dunmo neighbourhood plan was voted for by 93% of our voting residents and was approved and adopted by this district council. Great Dunmo 4 I won't bore you with all the numbers but they are there, is for 60 homes on the Stalkford Road opposite the SSI Highwood near the A120 and Great Dunmo 5 is for 15 homes near Church End. Both have been included in the site allocations even though they are clearly outside the DS1 the town development area. Including them in the plan is unjustified but it would also send out the wrong message to speculative developers in the area. If we look at the supporting Schlar evidence on the map I provided for Great Dunmo 4, the map shows that Schlar sites 01 and 03 are essentially two halves of the same field. Air quality comments are however contradictory. Uh, Great f- 03 Great Dunmo 15 states that the site is within an area more susceptible to poor air quality due to its proximity with the A120. Whereas for 01 Great Dunmo 15, it says, it is unclear if this site is within an area of poor air quality as there is no map provided to locate the development area. Supporting evidence for Great Dunmo 5 is, is shown in the SLA as Site 18, if you see on the map, and the Town Council strongly defends this boundary and does not want to see this site going forward into the local plan. The site is on the Stebbing Road approach and it is considered that that development in this sector would diminish the sense of place and local distinctiveness of the settlement. The employment site, Little Canfield 1, just outside our boundary, south of the A120. The planning application for this site, land to the south of the B1256 Little Canfield, was refused permission on the 6th of June planning committee. It is unjustified to include this site in the local plan given the refusal reasons of the unanimous decision and they're also shown in your handout. I invite the leader and anybody else who'd like to join me on a site visit so they can fully appreciate the implications of allowing them to go ahead. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. So... I think this is our concluding speaker. Uh, so, five minutes, Councillor Hargreaves. Thank you
14: very
15: much. Mike. Oh my um, what I've got a request here is to put a site in to the plan, uh, which is a brownfield site in Newport. It's, technically, it's a quarry, which is technically not brownfield, but you understand. And to swap two greenfield sites out. One of those is in Newport, one of those is the Debden one that we've, we've heard about. The figures just about add up. Just to say, I'm not, this is not a brand new request. I've started flagging this up when I first heard that the site in Newport had been, been added in. The site we'd like out, please, is called Bricketts, 13 Houses, Greenfield, Ribbon Development on the B1383 at the very bottom of Newport. The assessment for that site I think was flawed. Uh, it, for example, it backs onto the M11. The assessment makes no reference at all to that or to the noise which would be intrusive. It also says that it's um, all consistent with the village, one of those planning application phrases that are used to persuade you black is black is white. It is as far from the centre of the village as you could get If you wanted to walk to the village, it's a seriously unpleasant walk down a busy main road and also it would be on the end of the Newport sewer that goes up the middle of the village. Developers further up are being told they've got to install sewage storage tanks on site and control release because the pipe is not adequate. The site we'd like in, please, instead of this is across the other side of the valley, a redundant quarry, and that's the 30 houses. It's not the big one you can see from the road. It's further in. It's a small one. It's close to the station. Uddlesford assessed it as being achievable. Uh, but in their flawed assessment, they entirely ignored that e- Newport even has a station. Now, key village and all that. So the fact that it's close to the station was just ignored. They also put in a critical comment relating to saying it was damaging the landscape. That comment was pasted in from another application, completely irrelevant, completely wrong. It's hidden in a quarry. You barely would be able to see it at all. And of course, it's also, by the way, next to the incoming Whittington sewer that goes to Newport. So no sewage on the street. So. I've got, if you actually want to look at it, I've got the detailed site assessments that were done for our neighbourhood plan, which was a recut, a correction of the UDC one. I have got uh, the site description and also the site allocation policy text, which is exactly as given to us by Rachel Hogger, who is the uh, Uttlesford consultant assisting with neighbourhood plans. Um, I just tell you this to demonstrate we've done a good job on this it's, it's kosher uh, so um, these things are important to, to the villages important to Newport, important to Debden on the grand scheme of things and the local plan it's neither here nor there uh, so a brown field in two green fields out um, it, it sounds like a good deal Just, I, I urge you to, to accept it thank you
0: Thank you very much Councillor Um Right, we can I think now proceed um, with the meeting, so I will call upon Councillor Barker um, to propose the motion uh, which is on page 5 uh, of the five. about 1500 pages uh, that we've got here. Uh, Councillor Barker.
2: Uh, Chairman, before I start, I would like to ask the Chief Executive to make a brief statement about a comment made in a pamphlet that has been circulated in North Attlesford. The pamphlet states that two years ago, the Conservative Group meeting here had a private meeting and decided to withdraw the plan. I would like the Chief Executive to give her explanation of why the plan was withdrawn.
16: Uh, So, I am unaware whether the Conservative group held a secret meeting or not. It wouldn't be something I would be involved in, but what I can comment on, that the decision to pause the plan was entirely mine. Um, I advised, uh, obviously in consultation with senior officers, um, I advised uh, members that I felt that the plan would not be Supported going forward. I thought members did not have sufficient information to determine the plan, and uh, I was therefore withdrawing it. And as it turned out, the following week we had, an inspe- uh, we had an advisory visit from PINS, and the following week after that we had our advice from our QC, and both of those supported that decision. But that was, of course, all with hindsight. But I can assure all members. Uh, that my decision to pause the plan was entirely mine obviously with, as I say, in consultation with my senior officer colleagues but I am not party to any uh, meeting of the Conservative group and I'm unaware whether that took place of course.
2: Thank you very much for that clarification Um, and thank you very much to the speakers who have come along this evening, come along to many meetings before this and no doubt we'll see some of you again next week and of course to the officers who are here and many behind the scenes that have presented us with 1500 pages of paperwork. Um, There's never going to be a perfect plan, uh, but I'd like to pick up a few things that speakers have said um, about the numbers, 14,000. The extra 700 is a buffer. We need a buffer. We cannot go forward straightforwardly on the numbers. The two sites, particularly Debden and Newport, I will ask the officers to comment on. I have looked at the Newport site. The Newport site in our hierarchy of sites is not an A site or a B site. It's not even a C site or a D site. It is an E site. It is not a good site for putting houses. Um, Regarding policies, it was very nice of Mrs. Grant to actually talk about policies. We will have a look at those specific words to see if there is anything we can do. Officers have looked at these words. There will be workshops about management policies, but if there's anything we can do, we don't want to make major alterations to the plan next week, but if there's anything we can do to bring in some of those policies, then then we'll have a look at that. I didn't understand Councillor Cheatham's comments about off-site parking. If she can point me to somewhere in the document it says anything about off-site parking, then we'll do our best. SP 11, we're going to come to SP 11. It has been radically changed all afternoon, thanks to the efforts of officers, Councillor Dean, Councillor Lemon, and other people who've had input into that. So I'll ask the officers to whatever... Um, Mrs. Merrifield, you're quite right. We need to give the place a better name if it's going to exist. It's ridiculous as it is. Uh, We'll have to find a good name. Maybe we'll we'll have a schools competition if that moves forwards for the best name we can come out with. Um, And Councillor Armstrong, I am totally and utterly with you. And the number of times I have said take out, particularly Great Dunmo 5 and the 15, I think it opens a can of worms. I, you know, myself approached Dumbo Clark yesterday and said I hope there was someone coming to speak tonight to to say that these, you know, Great Dunmow is the only person, only place to have got a neighbourhood plan through and voted on and then we allocate sites outside the neighbourhood plan. Um, I I have a very heavy heart about those two particular sites. But don't forget, members, this plan, as it moves forward and goes out to Regulation 19, we will have to take all your comments into account. We will have to present those to the inspector and there is no plan that has gone through with more than about 80% of a plan being adopted. We have no idea what the inspectors might view, well, carver barracks, yeah, flooding in Debton. We don't know. They will look at the evidence. They are the experts in this, and they will take a view on whether our plan is sustainable and, and viable and deliverable. But the one thing we do know is that if we do not move forward with this plan, it will be taken out of our hands now, and the numbers will only go up. And the cost of whoever is doing that plan for us will fall back on this council, whether it's another 500,000 or another million pounds. And this council doesn't have money. It has the money it gets from rates, it has the money it gets from new host votes, it has your council tax. It does not have stacks of money to do this all over again. You know, I, I do, being the council of Dunmo, I do feel quite sorry for Dunmo. Dunmo, as I say, these two sites on top of the 2,500 unbuilt already in Dunmo on top of the new allocations. So we may worry about 20 here and 40 there, um, but Dunmo is is not in the 20s or the the thousands. But I'll just say a few words, and then I will ask the officers to comment specifically, um, initially, around the SP6, 7 and 8 policies and around SP7 and around the allocations in Newport and Devden. So you will recall that in July 2017, this council voted with a single vote against to move forward with the Regulation 18 consultation, having previously agreed to a hybrid approach to development, with some development in key towns and villages, including the Keir site in Saffron Walden and several sites in Great Dunmow, and with one or more single settlements. The plan at that time included the three garden settlements and allocations within towns and villages, while protecting the green belt and the Countryside Protection Zone. The plan presented to us today builds on that approach with updated housing and employment numbers, and with a vast amount of supporting evidence in place, the sport strategy is not as yet complete, but we do have an agreed position with Sport England. The Regulation 19 consultation has a number of changes from the Regulation 18 and includes a number of additional small sites. These additions, along with the stepped approach to delivery, will help ensure a five-year land supply at the point of adoption of the plan. There are a number of changes to policy wordings, particularly around policies SP6, 7, 8, relating to garden communities, and SP11 relating to Stansted Airport. Looking at the new sites that have been added on page 17, there is an increase that we've heard of, of 20 dwellings in Debden on a B-rated site. In Felsted, there are two new sites proposed. These sites are included in the emerging Felsted Neighbourhood Plan to live, deliver facilities for the village in terms of housing delivery to support a surgery, in the case of the station road site, and school parking for the primary school. In Great Dunmore, there's an additional site for 15 dwellings and an increase in the capacity at a separate site at Oakland's. 20 houses are proposed in Great Eastern, adjacent to Broxmead. In Newport, two sites have received planning permission since the Regulation 18 consultation for 94 homes and an extra 21 extra care units, sorry, 81 extra care units. And as we have heard, the site at Bricketts has been extended to provide 24 rather than 11 dwellings. In Saffron Walden, 85 dwellings are included, following the Regulation 18 at Little Walden Road, where planning permission has been granted. Finally, in Thaxted, much to the relief of some of the residents, it's proposed that the allocation at Chalky Meadow is safeguarded as educational or community use and that land at Claypit's Farm is allocated for 20 homes. You will also find a number of allocations for employment at Little Canfield, at Chesterford Research Park and in Saffron Walden. Chairman, the garden communities will not deliver significant numbers within the first few years of the plan. So in consultation with visiting inspectors, the plan proposes a stepped approach to delivery, with 568 homes per annum in the earlier years from 2011 to 2022, and 705 for the remainder of the planned period. On top of this, we need a buffer to ensure a five-year land supply. The introduction of these smaller additional sites, which will be delivered faster, will help with that buffer. Chairman, I've not mentioned overall numbers, as I believe that this is explained within the papers and will be the subject of a presentation to full council next week. I believe that we should draw a line in the sand and progress this consultation to Regulation 19, progress it to Council for consideration. This plan is for homes for our families for the future. It builds in a requirement for 40% affordable housing, which will keep, and we will endeavor to keep affordable, that housing affordable for future generations. It provides opportunities for business to, to grow in Uttelford and for residents to be employed locally. Chairman, um, the recommendations are set out in your papers. Would you like me to read those all
17: out? Um,
0: there is a lot of them, uh, but we have not everybody's got the papers in front of them. Okay. And we do have audio listeners, so if people can bear with Councillor Barker, uh, she will read out um, two to seven. S- two to seven.
2: Recommendation two that Cabinet, being satisfied that the preparation of the local plan has complied with the relevant regulatory requirements and being of the view that the Regulation 19 pre submission local plan document is ready for submission to Government for independent examination, recommends to full Council that the Regulation 19 pre submission local plan be published in accordance with the Town and Country Planning in brackets Local Planning in brackets England Regulations 2012. Recommendation three that following the conclusion of the Regulation 19 publication period, the Local Plan be submitted to the Secretary of State for independent examination under Section 20 of the Planning Compulsory Purchase Act 2004, as amended, the 2004 Act, together with the submission documents prescribed by Regulation 22 of the 2012 Regulations before 31st of March 2018. Recommendation four, that the Director of Public Services in consultation with the Environment Services Portfolio Holder be authorised to make non-material typographical formatting, mapping and other minor amendments to the plan prior to the submission of the plan to the Secretary of State. Recommendation of five, that the Director of Public Services be authorised to write to the local plan inspector appointed to carry out the examination of the submitted local plan, in brackets the local plan inspector, asking him or her to recommend such modifications of the submitted local plan as may be necessary to make the plan sound and legally compliant in accordance with Section 20 in brackets 7C of the 2004 Act. Recommendation 6, that the Director of Public Services, in consultation with the Environmental Services Portfolio Holder, be authorised to submit a schedule of proposed main modifications of the submitted local plan to address any issues related to soundness and legal compliance identified by the local plan inspector and Recommendation 7, that the Local Plan Submission version 2018 be endorsed as a material consideration to be used in the determination of planning applications and enforcement decisions to be given appropriate weight in accordance with paragraph 216 of the National Planning Policy Framework. And Chairman, I will propose those.
0: Thank you. Do I find a seconder? Councillor Ranger. Thank you. Um, Councillor Barker, you uh, indicated that you would like a response from officers on some of the detailed planning applications, not uh, SP11 at this stage because Councillor Dean I believe is making proposing recommendations, Uh, not on SP7 because I believe Councillor Redfern is making proposals, Uh, so um, as I have um, uh, listed the comments that were made, um, we had um, Debden was the first comment, Debden was the second comment, Um, Debden was the third comment SSE will come back to. Um, you started to uh, comment about uh, the GEN uh, paragraphs previously and perhaps officers could just refer back to that but you have touched on that. Uh, numbers, uh, just uh, as you say there will be a presentation next time but a reference please. SP11 again which I've, I've already referred to. Um, the um, the west of Braintree, well, let's, let's, let's now call it uh, stebbing. Um, uh, a, a, a comment on that, please. Uh, a comment on Elsnham, please. A comment on Dunmo, please. And a comment on Newport, please. Hopefully, officers have got all those details. But I've got my list here, so if you miss anything, we'll come back to it. So I suggest we take those, and after that, I'll be asking Councillor Dean and Councillor Redfern to put forward their proposed amendments. Okay. Starting with Debden. Mm-hmm.
14: Thank you, Chair. Um, The assessment for the extended site in Debden looked at a number of different criteria and came to an overall conclusion of a B classification, as Councillor Barker indicated. Um, Speakers today raised a number of concerns uh, relating to flooding, parking and, and transport. Uh, and and others, which I will check and come back to, but let's let's deal with those first. Um, On on flooding, the site does not lie within the Environment Agency flood zones. Um, However, the brook to the south of the site is recognised in the draft policy, and when it comes to a planning application on the site where it's allocated, then this would have to be looked at in more detail to ensure that flooding did not impact on the new properties and and the development did not uh, impact on flooding issues elsewhere. Um, similarly when a planning application is sub- if, if the site is, uh, goes forward, if a planning application is submitted uh, a transport assessment would have to accompany it and this would look at transport and parking issues. Um, Uh, and landscape and impact on the views, particularly of the ancient woodland. Similarly, if it goes forward, a planning application would have to consider this and look to ensure that any views were um, any impact on views were mitigated and, where possible, improved. Uh, I think that covers Devton. Uh, Comment On the GEN policies, um, the criteria which uh, Ms Grant listed are felt to have been carried forward into the plan, maybe not in the exact words that they are there, but for example, uh, the um, criteria listed in GEN 2 um, were compatible with surrounding buildings, safeguarding the setting, minimising the impact on neighbours by using appropriate mitigating measures and having no material adverse impact on residential properties which are from Gen 2 on the adopted local plan. Policy D1 in the proposed local plan using different language covers these points. For example it says responding appropriately to the scale, character and grain of the existing built form, um, integrate well with existing neighbourhoods and respond to and enhance the amenity value of an area through consideration of matters such as overlooking, natural light and etc. Uh, another criteria which, was Grant mentioned, was uh, meets the reasonable needs of all users which is covered to some extent, again in D1 with the text, uh, results in healthy places which prioritise active travel and provide opportunities for and access to sp- facilities for sport and physical activity, and new buildings should be designed with flexibility and adaptability in mind so they can meet, respond to changing social, environmental, economic and technological needs. Uh, Gen 4 and Gen 5 on uh, light pollution and uh, no material disturbance, noise, and, and other kind of impacts. SP12 covers it in a general way, uh, in that it says, reduce to a safe level any pollution that may result from the development uh, and reducing to a safe level any impacts arising from known or potential contamination on development sites and on sites which affect development sites. However, other policies in the plan, um, policies EN 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19 on pollutants, air quality, contaminated land, noise sensitive development, and light pollution, go into greater detail on those matters. Um, And Appendix 1 of the plan, Uh, in saying which which policies are replacing the policies in the plan, as Grant was right, it refers to policies D1 and SP12. It does also refer to policies EN16 through to 20, and and EN20 again for for Gen 5. So... Those are my comments. There. Uh, no, numbers was next. Numbers. was Next. Yeah. Uh, yep. So, uh, on numbers, the plan uh, proposes a housing requirement of 14,000. This is based on. Uh, the Schmarr 2017, which identified an OAN of 13,332 for the district, taking into account an amendment that was proposed at the East Hertfordshire uh, local plan modifications consultation, which amended the market signals uplift marginally, uh, and that takes the figure up ever so slightly, but also. Um, Taking into account the need for people living in communal establishments, which doesn't form part of that 13,300 figure, um, and and is around 500. Adding the slight adjustment to market signals and the 500, that takes us to 13,880 as an identified objectively assessed need. Uh, And then the housing requirement of 14,000, being slightly higher, is to build in an element of robustness. Uh, and recognise the uncertainties around forecasting. Yes. Uh,
7: Stebbing.
14: Yeah.
0: yeah. Ooh. I think um, Stebbing is the next one.
14: Uh, yes. Uh, sorry. And quite right. So the requirement being 14,000, um, we have got a, a supply of around 14,700. This is to allow the plan to um, respond to changes um, and deal with with uncertainties. If something goes wrong on a site and if for whatever reason we think now it can be delivered but it can't be, then that's something we can lose from our supply. Um, Or likewise, if if sites are delayed, that's something that can uh, reflect uh, on the level of supply that we can deliver within the plan period and so that buffer... Builds in against that uncertainty. Stepping, I, I'm not going to comment on the name for the, 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 the site, I'll call it. Um, let me find my notes. Uh, a couple more comments on, on Stepping. Just archaeology, we recognize the archaeological. Um, the archaeological remains on the site, which are identified in the uh, documentation that we brought to PPWG on the 23rd of May, this will inform the future work we are doing on the development plan document. Uh, I think that will do for stemming. Just,
0: Elsinore. Just a couple other points um, from uh, Councillor okay. Merrifield: um, lack of infrastructure. Um, um, Scepticism around DPDs, um, being the junior partner of a a bigger neighbour, were some of the other points that that were raised. I sense the answer to all of those is the robustness of the DPD, um, which has as much authority and power as a local plan and is certainly... um, uh, has, the, has the same uh, legal authority. So DPDs are a very serious vehicle to use and um, we recognise that we are the smaller element, that is a fact of life, but clearly this we, we need to work in partnership uh, with Braintree and so far we are in step with the way that they are approaching it, not surprisingly they are a local authority with the same expert planners that we have. So. Um, I don't think being a junior partner is going to be a significant. I'm trying to find. Oh sorry, there you are. Uh, um, it's is going to be a significant point. But, but the, the key thing, uh, and this, this applies, of course, to all three of the commun- proposed communities, is the power, the consultation, the authority, the detail of the DPD which I think we've said many a time at these sessions, but it's not to be underestimated. We're very happy to talk through DPDs with you at any point Um, and uh, we're in constant touch with uh, leading counsel and um, lawyers on the subject in terms of how they're going to work. That does probably take you on to Elstenham.
14: Thank you, Chair. Uh, Elstenham, there were a number of comments... Particularly relating to the failure of the last local plan back in 2014 and the planning application that was refused in 2016 um, due to the, uh, the road access yeah, into Elstham and, and those sites that were proposed at that time. The, the 40 in Elstham, which uh, Dr. Mott was talking about, is of course a, a lower number. Um, than the the larger, far larger, the development that was considered in the plan in 2014, uh, and also considerably smaller than the planning application in 2016, which I believe is around it was in, it was in the hundreds. Um, so obviously that's that's a different consideration. It's a different scale of, of development that's proposed here. Um, regarding the uh, the services and facilities in Elsnam, the, the surgery and, and limited shopping were mentioned. Um, the, the again that this the the, um, the 40 units proposed here will have to be or well, have been considered through the infrastructure delivery plan with regards health needs um, that is prepared in consultation with the clinical commissioning group um, and they're aware of the growth and haven't objected uh, to they, they think they can handle it. Um, similarly, I am I, I think the, the scale of, of the development and, and the amount of shopping that is available in Elston, I'm, I'm not sure that's a determining factor. Um, and Dunmo i add us the next point. Um, the two sites which were talked about for Dunmo: the 60 down, at, uh, down near the A120 and the 15 up uh, on the former Bardfield Health site, um, 60 down on the A120 were part of the Regulation 18 local plan. Um, um, as such, it's been fully assessed and consulted on through that process, and we found no reason to go against the decision uh, back at Reg 18. Um, regarding the 15 up at uh, up in the northeastern corner of the town, um, it's felt to be a... Um, a reasonable extension of the village, reflecting existing boundaries on the ground. Um, and, it, it, yeah, it's felt to be a reasonable site. Um, let's see if there are any more detailed points I should be covering. Uh, the fact that it's outside the development framework in the neighbourhood plan, as as is the other site, Um the purpose of the local plan is to set the, the planning policies for the whole district of course we want to respect the, the decisions that um, neighborhood plan groups have come to through the democratic process but in effect the local plan is is, is looking again at everything um, so it, it yeah, we, we want to respect the views that the uh, local neighbourhood plan groups have come to, but the, the local plan has to look afresh at everything.
2: Chairman, and can I just come in there? Um, for anyone who can see the map, and I'll pass it round the audience, every other bit of land within those red lines in Dunmo is up for development, and the Town Council has accepted that, and the Town Council has built that into their neighbourhood plan. This little site is just the corner of a field heading towards stepping. And, you know, I just really do feel for the people of Dumbo, just, to, you know, I've got no problems with the people who put this site forwards. You know, there is nothing on the site. It's a corner of a field. It doesn't have good access onto the road to stepping. And I'm sure Sandy Merrifield can tell me about the problems we have with bikers who leave Church End and they come into Stepping at 70 miles an hour and the same at the other end. And to me, this one—it it really is for Domo. It's a sort of little step too far. It's a really slap in the face. Um, I know other people don't like other developments. You know, we didn't like Butleys Lane, but that one there, I would ask the leaders to come and have a look at it.
14: Okay, we'll do Newport. Yes, um, and final, final point I had was on Newport.
0: Sorry, actually, we've, we've skipped over employment at Little Canfield. Uh, Mr. Harper will comment on that.
17: Oh, okay. Yes, the Planning Committee have recently considered uh, a planning application for this site and uh, has been pointed out, refused it. Um, Quite rightly, in so doing, the Planning Committee did not uh, attach any weight to the emerging plan proposals. Um, So again, uh, just to repeat the point that um, my colleagues made, that uh, the, the local plan is looking afresh at the issues, Uh, One of the uh, strategic issues which has been identified is the the need for a broader portfolio of sites for businesses to move into the district uh, and existing businesses to grow on and the council does need a a site for a new council depot so it's entirely appropriate for the the council to, to look afresh in preparing this local plan up the issues.
0: Thank you. Newport.
14: Thank you, Chair. Um, on Newport, oh, let me turn to the map. The site that was uh, is proposed in your papers on down the south of the bridge, the extension to Bricket. Oh,
15: Uh,
14: agenda page 335 of the maps. Um, Council Hargreaves made a number of points um, referring to ribbon development, the proximity to the M11 and the unpleasant walk into the village, being some of them um, This is a proposed extension to an allocation that was um, in the Regulation 18 Local Plan, that the top half-ish of the site was was in the Regulation 18. It is considered that the relatively small extension to the site um, is not not ribbon development. It's a a logical extension to the village reflecting the, um, the boundary of the paddock at the southern edge of the site. It is uh, quite close to the M11. Um, any planning application on the site would have to take into account any noise or air quality issues. Um, but again, the relatively small uh, extension of the village isn't considered to, um, to uh, prevent that. Uh, The walk into the village, I mean there is a footpath to the village from the site. Um, It is a longish walk into the village, but there's a footpath. The site which Councillor Hargreaves is proposing instead of it, um, quarry down, or the small quarry, small X quarry down Chalk Farm Lane, um he made a number of points referring it to be to it being achievable. It recognises achievable in the um site assessment. That reflects the fact that a site willing site owner has put it forward. It is achievable, we think. Um he referred to the fact that it ignored the station. Um I I agree I think that is an error. The um that that particular criteria refers to ac- nearest access. To, or something along the lines of nearest access point to the public transport node and it refers to the nearest bus stop when the station is closer so that is, is an error in the assessment um, he also referred to the assessment making uh, comments on the landscape impacts of the site which he felt to be uh, less significant it's a matter of judgement quite capable of coming to that assessment and um, However, the, the main reason the site was, uh, was, not, was classified as E um, is that the site is considered unsuitable. The development of the site would not contrib- contribute to sustainable patterns of development. Uh, the reason that uh, slightly planning speak is in there, but what it's referring to is the fact that it's, it's separate from the development boundary of the village by a significant number of metres. is not a logical extension to the village. Um, there's also the potential, were it to be allocated, for it to um, lead to further development along Chalk Farm Lane um, or, I mean, well, there's potential for it to lead to further development at some point in the future. Maybe not, maybe not now, but later. And I th- I think that covers all the points.
0: Thank you very much. So, um, as well as uh, having to produce the numbers, I know we've had a bit of a debate about the numbers, but um, it's a well aired subject and I I won't repeat that, Um, but as well as having to uh, produce a plan for numbers to 2033, we also have to be absolutely mindful on having a five-year land supply. One of the speakers did refer to that. Um, and uh, some of these smaller sites obviously form part of that because of the nature of larger new settlements in terms of how quickly they come on stream. So um, we're fully sensitive to the sensitivity. I think um, Mr Miles has done a good job uh, in terms of on the hoof, as it were, responding to these points. We will go away. That won't be the end of the consideration. We will give them due consideration, but please uh, understand that we have got to produce a plan that both covers the numbers and also the five-year land supply, so we have got to keep the balance uh, of that. I am um, now going to call upon Councillor Dean uh, to propose no, I can't think. She's not put forward. to put forward. And one of us will propose. Thank you, Councillor Barker.
1: I'll be pleased to put forward, Mr <laughs> Chairman. Thank you. By the way, I'd like to thank officers and, and you, Chairman, and other members for cooperating in discussions over the last week or so to tighten up the um, policies relating to Stansted Airport. I'm referring. I'm kicking off by referring to page 84 in the document, the, the plan, the draft plan, <coughs> at uh, the bottom of page 84. This is in the this is in the supporting text. There's a paragraph 3.1. Uh-oh, th- oh, threw my water all over the place. That wasn't clever, was it? Um, there's a um, paragraph on night flights. The, which the, the last sentence is a bit limp may I say in that it talks about continuing to represent local residents to ensure the impact of night flights are fully taken into account Um, I I believe that that last sentence would be much more robust if it said however the council will continue to resist any reduction in night flying restrictions Uh, this comes from the fact that the, the, the regime the night flight regime is Um, is is determined by the government but nevertheless we have a role in um, defending the situation locally now I'd like to also in in the text there's one other paragraph that um, could be better set and that's uh, 3.1.40 which is on page... (laughs) eighty six page eighty six and it's referring to it's, it's referring to in particular carbon emissions from aviation it There is currently, on on page 87 at the top, there is a paragraph which talks about the International Civil Aviation Organisation. It is rather short. Um, I think it is probably best that I read out the text that I would like you to agree to insert there. So it would begin, as it does at the moment, with the Council will continue. So the Council will continue to press the government to reduce through International Civil Aviation Organization or other decision-making channels, carbon emissions from aviation, which in 2015 represented 22% of UK's total transport emissions. Then new words are the government's framework for addressing the climate change impacts of UK aviation aims to limit UK aviation CO2 emissions to 37.5 megatons by 2050 as part of its commitment to an overall 80% reduction in UK CO2 emissions by 2050. The 37.5 MT, megatons, limit is based on the advice of the Independent Committee on Climate Change and within this overall total, the Governments modelled modeling assumes CO2 emissions attributable to Stansted Airport aircraft movements to be 1.5 megatons in 2030 and 1.5, did I say that correctly, 1.6 megatons in 2030 and 1.5 megatons by 2050. Then there's another paragraph here, the government, and this this is addressing a fairly recent Um, statement by the government. The government has confirmed in a statement issued in June 2018 that for the majority of environmental concerns these will be taken into account as part of existing local planning application processes and that decisions on the elements that impact on local individuals such as noise and air quality should be considered through appropriate planning processes and the CAA, Civil Aviation Authority, airspace change process. However, important environmental elements such as best use of existing runways leading to increased traffic which could increase carbon emissions should be reaching, should be considered at a national level including the Committee on Climate Change and reaching agreement at the ICAO, that's the International Committee, on a global offsetting scheme known as Corsia, C-O-R-S-I-A, or alternative carbon cap schemes should the former scheme not prove capable of implementation. So I think that's useful explanatory text to go before the policy begins. I'd then like to move to this wet version of the um, policy document Um, and take you to the paragraph which is headed, Airport Development. And I'll read, if I may, all of the text of that, some of which exists, but I think it is useful to go through it. So if we start off with the heading, Airport Development. Proposals for the development of the airport and its operation together with any associated surface access improvements will be assessed against the local plan policies as a whole. Proposals for development will only be supported where all the following criteria are met. Number one, they are directly directly related to airport use of development apart from within the North Stansted employment area where non-airport related uses may also take place. There is a slight change to the wording in the published document to add that last clause. Two, they contribute to achieving the latest national aviation policies Three, I would like to reinsert the sentence which was in the Regulation 18 plan. So, in other words, put back in, they are in accordance with the latest permission. Uh, And not, as was said um, prior to Regulation 18, uh, full use of one runway. Number four, I would therefore, therefore, the new number four becomes. They do not result in a significant increase in air traffic movements that would adversely affect the amenities of surrounding occupiers or the local environment, and then in parenthesis, in terms of noise disturbance, air quality and climate change impacts. Then number five would become they achieve further noise reduction Or no increase in day or nighttime noise in accordance with any imposed planning condition or otherwise cause excessive noise, including ground noise at any time of day or night, and in accordance with the airport's most recently most recent airport noise action plan, which is approved by the Secretary of State on a five yearly basis. Then six they include an effective noise control monitoring and management scheme that ensures that current and future operations at the airport are fully in accordance with the policies of this plan and any planning permission which has been granted. Seven then becomes, for development that would lead to an increase in the permitted operation of the airport, they include proposals which will over time Be compensated by a proportionate diminution and betterment of the effects of airport operations on the amenity of local residents and occupiers and users of sensitive premises in the area, such as through measures to be taken to encourage fleet modernization or otherwise. I might comment, Chairman, that certainly last September when Mike commented, they they said something to the effect that um, what aircraft owners do is nothing to do with them. Well, this um, doesn't accept that. This, what I've just said doesn't accept that. Then
0: Can I just be clear? Because you, you said the effects of airport operations. Did you mean aircraft operations?
1: Did I, I, did I say airport Port, operations? Yep. I, I, okay. Yes, I should have said airport operations. You Sorry should have said that.
0: airport or aircraft.
1: Aircraft. 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 Okay. Thank you. Part, my pardon, yep. thank you for picking me up on that. Then number eight, they incorporate sustainable transportation, well actually I, I need not re- read the rest, eight, nine and ten, or what would become eight, nine and ten are the old six, seven and eight in the published document and they would go unchanged. So I'd, I'd like, if I may, to put those forward and ask for the Cabinet to agree with them. I don't, uh, there may well be some minor tweaks in words to get the clarity uh, correct before the next one is published, but apart from that, I would like to put those forward. I'm not in a position to say anything about uh, Councillor Cheatham's Parish Councillor Cheatham's point about car parking, because I'm not briefed on that, but maybe that gets picked up separately. Thank you, Chairman. I'm
0: going to ask Mr Harborough to comment on, um, well, everything, but I think we're clear about your SP11 uh, changes, but uh, in terms of your wording on night flights and emissions, I'll ask him to comment on that. Uh, but uh, Councillor Barker just wishes to comment.
2: Chairman, yes, I'm, I'm happy to propose those members to SP11. Um, regarding the parking, um, the criteria that are set out on the page of the document, page 88 or sorry 89, do say that all those criteria have to be met. So, Stansted would have to prove that it does not have any space on site for additional parking. So, it is all the criteria would have to be met. Thank you. Happy to propose the changes to SP11.
0: Thank you, Mr. Harper.
17: Thank you, Leader. Um, In considering this policy, members need to be aware of the the general guidance um, when preparing local plans. Plans have to be positively prepared. They should be prepared based on a strategy which seeks to meet objectively assessed development and infrastructure requirements. They need to be justified. The plan should be the most appropriate strategy when considered against the reasonable alternatives based on proportional evidence. The plan should be effective should be deliverable over its period and based on effective joint working on cross-boundary strategic priorities and consistent with national policy. The plan should enable the delivery of sustainable development in accordance with the policies in the framework. Um, In reverting to uh, elements of the the Reg 18 plan in respect to policy SP 11, I understand at the time that members were... uh, preparing the, the, the detailed text of this policy is that when there was reference to proposals needing to be in accordance with the latest permission, this was not necessarily a reference back to the 2007 permission because it contemplated the possibility of uh, applications coming forward, and we've got a current application at the moment, uh, which might be regarded as meeting the tests of the policy, in which case the latest... The, the, the latest permission would become a subsequent permission, not a 2007 permission. Uh, and it is important to, uh, to, to put that interpretation on that, that particular criteria, because otherwise, you're, if you are effectively saying you can only have, you can't have any more uh, development other than the 2007 permission, it is not going to meet the, the, the tests, which um, the general tests which need to be met, uh, as I have indicated. Um, Yeah. Thank you, Chairman.
0: So I think um, that point is answered by reinstating point three. They are in accordance with the latest permission. I I just need some advice on uh, the night flight thing seem perfectly reasonable, and you're content. Um, I just need to be clear that we're also content with the suggestion on emissions. You are content. So you are content with all of Councillor Dean's um, comments.
17: Yes, and there, there's a table of various other minor changes as well, which um, officers are all content with,
0: yes. Okay, therefore um, we, now, we are clear about subject to some minor um, typographical changes, but in terms of the actual meaning and the spirit, uh, which in some key areas takes us back to the Regulation 18 um, comments, as discussed earlier by some of the speakers. Um, we are clear about the proposals. We have a proposer for everything, I assume, Councillor Barker, including yeah. the night flights and the emissions it's
2: certainly flights.
0: <laughs> and, um, and the amendments to SP11. I will second that. Those in favour? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much indeed. Um, we now move to Councillor Redfern, who is a member of the Cabinet and can put forward a recommendation.
3: Thank you, Chairman. Um, I have found this process of the uh, local plan to be absolute agony, I have to say. Um, I'm going to propose these amendments to the Regulation 19 um, and and one or two other comments, but anything else I've got to say I will carry forward to next week's um, full council because I... I need to talk to my parish about this, but I'll go through these um, discussions that I had today with officers. And um, before I start, I would really like to thank um, the officers because they have um, done a, worked really hard with me to try and come up with something that was more acceptable. Um, so, um, page 63. Um, there's just a small um, sort of typo, a wording amendment on there. Um, we've got, we're just removing the word as development plan documents because we we repeat it if you look, prior to any planning applications being considered detailed development plan documents for each garden community will be prepared and then it says as development plan documents and it's proposed to take out that second part of that sentence Um, moving on to page 70 Um, this is in Um, This is an amendment to paragraph 3.98. The strategy for development will ensure the A11 is is the preferred route for the northbound travel. This is to minimise impacts on the A505. This strategy, and this is where we're making a change, we're saying will be explored rather than should explore. Um, and then we move on to um, page 71, on to um, the SP7, and it's the second paragraph um, where we say, this. Uh, sorry, no it's not, we've done page 70, sorry, the second paragraph where we say the strategic, yep, yeah. The Strategic Growth Development Plan document will set out and it carries on for a while. And when we get to the end, we are saying um, the DPD will provide the framework for the subsequent development of more detailed master plans and other design and planning guidance for the North Uttlesford Garden community. And the addition here is the DPD will set out mitigation measures relating to the criteria and text of this policy. So that's the um, change to that one. Um,
0: Before you go on, uh, some of these are specific, obviously, to uh, the local roads, but I suggest this probably has application for the other garden communities as well. So can we be consistent in terms of beefing up? It refers back to the comment about DPDs earlier. So I think uh, we can carry those in the other ones as well. OK, sorry to interrupt. that's
3: absolutely fine. The next change is to um, the criteria number one, which says deliver 5,000 new dwellings. um, And what we want to add in there, deliver 5,000 new dwellings to the northeast of the B184. So that goes in literally um, straight after deliver 5,000 new dwellings. And the reason for this is because there is... um, a piece of land that that the village are very keen that it is um, not developed and that is on the other side of the B184 and so I understand that that's the best way that we can do of uh, protecting that open space Um, number five of the criteria on the next page, at the end um, we have make sure we get this right, so we, we've we've got in here in red including linking the existing cycle path from Hingston to Saffron Walden and, adding in, and linking to Great Chesterford Rail Station via the um, public right of way adjoining Great Chesterford to the north west of Jackson's Lane so that, um, for those who know it, that's the piece of um, that's the public right of way between the B184 and the B1383 Thank you. I'd like to add that in. Um, Number six, um, we have... uh, We start off, mitigate the transport impacts of the proposed development on the strategic and local road network, including the B184 and the B1383, an access strategy that connects the A11, the A1301, and the Cambridge Park and Ride on the A1307 with the A11, being the preferred route for the northbound travel. We're adding in, the access strategy will explore the potential of a northern access for for the site. Then it goes on, the primary southern access to the site will be via Field field Farm Drive. Access via Park Road will be limited to ensure the character of Park Road is protected. There There will be no vehicular access to the site from Cow Lane. Access for construction traffic will be via Field Farm Drive. So that's the section that we're adding into to, to uh, number 6. Then um, those are the um, alterations to SP7. Um, then move on to page 112. And this is referring to um, the Chesford Research Park. Um, there was some concern from the Little Chesford Parish Council that um, we were diluting the kind of employment that would be on this site. Um, So we are are taking out the word where it says the majority of future economic... We are saying the future of economic development at Chesterford Research Park will be within the research and development uses classes and associated activities So we're removing, although some small-scale office growth will be permitted. So that sentence is is changed. Um, And then paragraph 5.42, at the end of this, which we would like to change, there is potential to expand the site to accommodate future requirements for R&D floor space and associated activities and facilities. So we're taking out and widen the permitted use to other similar high-quality uses. And finally, um, in uh, the employment policy, EM1, which actually, I'm not sure which page that is on. It's on
2: 122.
3: 122. Sorry, team. Right. EM1... We are changing that to read, enable and support further development of research and development space and, adding in, associated activities and facilities and removing ancillary office accommodation at Chesterford Research Park. Um, So those are the changes that I would like to um, propose. Um, I've already spoken to, uh, or had been in email communication with um, Little Chesterford, um, and they are, they were very pleased to have that. That gives them some reassurance of um, of our intentions. There, um, they are concerned about increase employment land at Chesterford Research Park mainly because of the impact it has on the road through the heart of Little Chesterford but I have given them assurances that actually that um, will be dealt with were there any planning application um, this council will be quite aware of the impact that may have on that community so they are content with the changes so I would like to propose um, those details I've just Gone through. Thank okay. you. Do you
0: find a seconder? Happy to check Councillor Barker, thank you. Those in favour of these changes? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much. Um, we have one further item which um, we'll have to propose and second, but I will ask Mr Miles to discuss, which is um, Office of Discussions with Historic England.
14: Thank you, Chair. Um, officers met with um, representatives from Historic England last week on the 5th of June um, following that meeting Historic England committed to get back to us with some suggested changes to the policy text which they thought would be helpful. They sent those to us yesterday which was quite good in the time available um, and I will read out the substance of those changes um, first one of those is, was to consider a reordering of the criteria in policies SP6, 7 and 8 and to look at including subheadings for example on one could be land uses transport and access, historic environment, natural environment other considerations etc. Uh, we are yet to do that reordering but we, we, we can do that for, for Council should you choose to, to do that. Their second uh, suggested change was to amend paragraph 3.89, say the landscape and visual appraisal fines that land at Eastern Park is of moderate. They suggested replacing the word fines with concludes. Uh, They suggested similar changes to paragraphs 3.95 and 3.103 for SP, the supporting text of policies SP 7 and 8. They suggested amending criterion 12 of SP6 to read incorporate measures to conserve and sustainably uh, and substantially enhance the gardens of Eastern Lodge in partnership with the trustees of Eastern Lodge and Gardens. So the new text there is conserve and they suggested amending policy SP6 criterion 13 to take out the, the, the text, implement measures to avoid and mitigate harm to and replace with Conserve and where appropriate enhance we then continue to read the significance of heritage assets and their settings.
2: Could I just interrupt there? Just one moment, Chairman. On page sixty-seven. It's a bit confusing because we've got two we've got two SP sixes, eleven and twelve. So Uh, if we could also do some renumbering while we're about it.
14: Apologies, we will pick that up as well. Thank you. Uh, To continue reading out Historic England's changes. They, so sp6 criterion thirteen they suggested I oh got they, they suggested removing caused by development and then continuing both within and then inserting actually, i'm just going to read the, the text now as as they've suggested it being written it's, it's a bit confusing otherwise <laughs> conserve and where appropriate enhance the significance of heritage assets and their settings both within the site and in the wider area where mitigation is required measures will have regard to this the heritage impact assessment, and include, and then go through the criteria. They suggest the same change is made to criterion criteria 15 in SP7 and criteria 15 in SP8. They suggested amending SP6, criterion 13, sub-criterion E, to read, seek opportunities for beneficial reuse and management of heritage assets. They suggested amending SP6, criterion 15, to read, design principles should respect the open rural open rural of the site, that's not right open rural nature of the site uh, I know, open rural yeah, nature of the site in design principles to avoid harm to heritage assets and their settings on or near the site, this includes consideration of etc they suggested amending SP7 criterion 13 Splitting it out into two criteria, which would read proposals shall respond positively to the landscape and significance of the historic environment, including designated and non-designated assets, conserve and where appropriate enhance the significance of heritage assets and their settings, both within the site and the wider area, including the Roman temple brackets schedule monument and park farmhouse brackets grade two listed and the Roman town and fort brackets both scheduled monuments. Be informed by appropriate landscape stroke visual and heritage impact assessments, the latter to include the results of archaeological field evaluation as required by the local authority. The second split-out criterion would read careful consideration will be afforded to the improvement and restoration of degraded landscapes and new woodland tree belt and structural planting within and around the site, the sense of tranquillity within the site should be maintained. They suggested drafting similar criteria for policies SP6 and SP8. And finally, uh, they suggested amending criterion S- criterion 16 of SP7 to read, conserve and where appropriate enhance the significance of heritage assets and their settings both within the site and in the wider area. will stop. Where mitigation is required, measures will have regard to the HIA and include, and then go on to the rest of the criteria.
0: Any queries? Any discussion on that? So I propose those. Do I have a seconder? Councillor Ranger, those in favour? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much. Just before we leave these items, I did suggest that um, when Councillor Redfern was reading out um, her point three... Uh, the DPD will set out mitigation measures relating to the criteria and text of this policy that that be applied to uh, the uh, other sites. So I'm proposing that. Do I have a seconder? Councillor Redfern. Those in favour? Carried unanimously. Thank you. Um, So those are the changes. Um, Obviously comments have been raised this evening and they will be given very careful consideration but um, That's really all I can say this evening. Um, I would now propose to give uh, Cabinet and um, leaders of the other parties uh, uh, the opportunity to comment on the rest of the papers. So um, you have the sustainability appraisal delivered prepared by Place Services uh, which um, runs uh, from page 200 and something through to the end, which is about 940. Um, It is a a sustainability appraisal of the overall plan in obviously considerable detail. I think probably the pertinent points are their recommendations at the end of that document and how those recommendations have been taken forward. Uh, But I throw it open to Cabinet if they wish to make any comment.
18: Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I'd like to echo the thanks <coughs> that uh, have been expressed for the officers and the PPWG members for the uh, amount of work that they've carried out over the last uh, two to three years. also like to thank Councillor Barker and officers for all the hard and extra work they've done on the duty to cooperate because we've got other boundaries that have affected uh, the way we think about this. It has been a long journey. It is a chequered story, but I think it is important now that uh, we move this to full Council, so uh, I have no hesitation in in, uh, uh, being in support of the uh, proposal. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you. Any other
0: comments? Councillor Redfern?
3: Um, I, would all, I, I'd li- I would like to say I do appreciate the amount of work that officers have put into this. I also appreciate um, Mrs Grant for coming along and making her points, but also making them available to me um, earlier so I could make sure we had an opportunity to answer those for her. And as, also, as I'm the member for Wendon Zambo, um, if there is anything else, I would like you to, uh, to um, perhaps um, talk to me between now and next week. Um, I'm, you, I, there is much I appreciate about the um, local plan going forward. Um, I'm, I'm really pleased that we were able to deal with the little Chesterford issues. I have, um, as Councillor Barker has mentioned, I have sympathy for um, Dunmo when they have, you know, they have put a neighbourhood plan in, in, and we've been encouraging. Um, Areas to do their neighbourhood plan, so I think that I'm pleased that the leader has said this is something we'll look at again. Um, but at the end of the day, for me, I, rep- I represent um, quite a w- quite a big ward now, but um, which includes uh, Wendon Zambo, Littlebury, Crucial, Elmden, Littlebury Green, Strettall, Great and Little Chesterford, and. Um, While some of the areas aren't affected by the local plan, I'm also a member of Great Chesterford Parish Council, so anything else I've got to say on the local plan, I really feel I need to say now that I will be um, talking about that next week at the full council meeting. Um, Whilst I appreciate the effort that has been made to address the issues that have been raised, there's still obviously a massive issue for where I represent that that, um, North Huttlesford Garden community is even in there. So I will say no more this evening, but I do thank officers for what they've done, and, re- and I, I really do approve of all the garden community principles and everything we're trying to do, and particularly of the fact that we've got, the, as far as my Cabinet position is concerned, that we've got the 40% affordable housing in there, and I shall continue to work with um, Councillor Dean um, and the working group on HAP, which we're meeting later this week, on how we're going to deliver affordable housing and what type of affordable housing we would deliver within the local plan. But um, until next uh, Tuesday, I'll be saying no more on this subject. Sorry.
0: Okay. Um, I I was on the sustainability appraisal. Uh, and uh, the recommendations which I think uh, the explanation is is comprehensive in the papers about how uh, those recommendations have been taken forward so I sense we're satisfied with that. I now go to um, page uh, 948 which is the responses to the Regulation 18 document which we have seen previously at PPWG and discussed many a time so unless there's anything that well nothing has arisen since we last read it, so um, at the back of um, that um, <coughs> this, this this section um, we do have uh, the um, the alternative option details as well um, and um, again. Uh, Areas that we have previously studied. So again, I sense that uh, ground that's covered. Yep. Okay. So that takes us then to the green fronted document which is essentially uh, the pre-submission local plan. We've covered quite a bit of that already in terms of amendments to it and of course we went through it in considerable detail at PPWG with a whole series of amendments all of which have been incorporated. So um, I don't know if there's any
18: comment on that. Councillor Lodge. Um, could I just make some overall comments? Of course. Um, and uh, I think probably like, uh, like Councillor Redfern, I propose to only, only speak once, um, even though I, I would say I've probably got about uh, several dozen issues with the plan, but I'll, um, I think we've probably attended between us um, probably scores of meetings, the PPWG. Uh, the delivery board, the other leaders' meetings, and uh, as you will know, I've aired, aired my views pretty pretty liberally at those meetings. As councillor Dean, uh, to be fair, um, I would just look at one or two uh, points of detail, just just, just to uh, to mention them, without necessarily going into greater detail. One thing that came up uh, when when you were voting earlier on. Um, uh, Council Redfern's amendments. I would, I would, just on a detail, I was su- surprised that she wants to effectively hobble the, f- the function of the Chesterford Research Park. I think that uh, details concerned with future developments there can be dealt with by, uh, uh, by planning considerations. So why we would want to hobble our own development to that degree is, uh, is rather strange. And uh, I know you voted on it, but you may like to think ag- again about that at uh, at some forum. Um, On other details, uh, I think the numbers are still still a big question mark. There's a lot coming up the new census and I'm concerned about those numbers. Um, We've rehearsed that so many times but I still think there are new factors at at play there. I think we've seen that uh, various traffic studies uh, uh, are incomplete. The air air quality in general has been largely ignored and poorly analysed. Um, I'm a little bit confused that at what the status is of various amendments that were requested to the plan, particularly the, the council depot, the Donmo sites, the Newport quarry um, and uh, the wish to put that into the plan. Um, and I'm not quite sure what you decided. You were going to look at them or, or were you turning them down? Maybe, maybe somebody could just clarify that for me. Those, those various amendments, were they, were, were they turned down or were they looked at?
0: So you raised in the end three points of your 12. Uh, Presumably we get the other nine uh, on the 19th. Um, You're right. Numbers is a well-trodden path. Or or we can go on, Councillor Lodge.
18: No, sorry. I I didn't particularly want those responses. It was only the responses. And I said I had dozens, not a dozen. And I wasn't going into them. But, But... specifically I was confused at whether the the various recommendations for Dunmore and Newport were going to be considered or whether they were going to be ignored. So so what you heard tonight was the response from the planning
0: officer um, and that is as far as we're taking it this evening. Uh, As with everything, uh, we, 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 we don't just give it a blanket no, it will be given further consideration, but I don't want to either raise or, or ignore comment. So you, what you have heard this evening is the current position. Does that make sense?
18: Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah. I'll c- carry on. Uh, the only one, one other particular point before I come on to my major point, and that was on the sports strategy. Very concerned about that. Uh, I think more could have been done on allocations and. Uh, uh, I know that there, there are hooks in that strategy, but that's very worrying. So my okay. major overall concern there, and, and you, you have heard this before, but I will repeat it again here, um, doing some further research, there, there have been 27 new towns. There's some argument on this, but on the official designation of new towns, there have been 27 new towns built since, since, uh, since the Second World War. Um, all of those have been led by the community and I believe that has been done for a very, very good reason, that it is in the massive overall public interest to do that. I mentioned mentioned earlier about Councillor Redfern coming in with with some um, fiddling of the the requirements for for Great Chesford and really it, it it doesn't, it doesn't go far enough. If we're going to get real change in how those are developed, it has to be done by community-led development corporations. I think that um, ra- rather than doing anything um, that is uh, the normal process, uh, we are in fact flying in the face of all the experience, of building new towns over the last 70 odd years. Now, I know it's not counted out that uh, we could still use those development corporations when we come into the DPD and have further negotiations. However, I think that by leaving open the possibility that developers will be allowed to range free and build the com- and make the decisions on the communities is a very sad move that making. And I feel very strongly we should take the opportunity at this point in the process to make the very clear statement that these new communities will be led by the community and we will be not subject to the profiteering motives of developers. So uh, no more detail. I will, I will leave that as my case for the moment. Okay, I'm going to make a couple of comments and then Councillor Barker wishes to
0: speak. Uh, as far as sport, as you know, we've undertaken a full review of sports facilities. Uh, you also know, I mean, you and I, Councillor Lodge, are committed to sports facilities and uh, they are included in the plan uh, and uh, we take sport through our health and well-being agenda very seriously. So. I'm I'm confident that we will be catering for sports need as a result of this plan. This fundamental point of development corporations, I will um, ask Mr Harborough to comment as well, Uh, but it is is pivotal, I think, to the difference between um, your your party on this matter. There are areas where we are in full agreement. We are in full agreement that the new settlements will be done to garden community principles and if they're not, they won't be done at all. Uh, So it it is a question of how you um, enforce that, Um, and uh, we believe that uh, a combination of the DPD and other arrangements that are currently in negotiation, uh, there will be complete enforceability uh, of the garden community principles. The other key aspect of this is that um, we have been advised both by planning inspectors and by, you smile, but we engage highly professional uh, advisors, legal advisors, and uh, they've made this position quite clear. Of course you could use a development corporation if you have to, to to enforce the point, but not at this stage. So I think... um, you know, it's unfortunate that uh, we can't uh, align ourselves on this point, uh, but I think the undercurrent, which is uh, to make sure that these are community-led through DPDs, we absolutely fully support. I would have one qualification that not all of the 27 new towns led by the communities have been a wild success, so it's not necessarily a panacea for success, but I'm not arguing against community-led, and as I say, DPDs will be fundamental. Mr Harper, and then Councillor Barker.
17: yes thank you leader i mean whether or not uh, a development is delivered through a development corporation the community leadership i would suggest comes from the community engagement in the preparation of the local plan because the development corporation would be delivering a proposal which is stemmed from the local plan the Secretary of State is not going to create a locally-led development corporation for a proposal unless that proposal is in an adopted local plan and there's a framework there to guide its its delivery. So I would suggest that's where the community leadership comes in.
0: Which is the advice we've received. Councillor Barker.
2: Chairman, we we got through almost two hours without mention of air quality. Uh, Mr Watts has sat here very patiently all evening and I just wondered if he'd like to comment at all on policy EN16 and the use of the word adverse or significant adverse.
0: Thank you, Councillor Barker. Mr. Watts, thank you.
12: Yes, I can. Um, And um, what we've done, we've tried to link it with a technical guidance note, which should be a live document that would uh, change as and when guidance comes
14: out and objectives change. The the difference between significant adverse and adverse is twofold, really. will be marrying it up uh, based on uh, magnitude of change um, and also how close it is to the objective levels and whether it exceeds the objective levels. So our view is that significant adverse would be something that is a significant uh, magnitude of change but also something that is close to the air quality objectives um, and that is probably more likely to turn to a a refusal. Um, Anything less than that, possibly would be subject to mitigation. Thank you.
0: That's very helpful. Do I have any other comments? Councillor Dean?
1: I think we're in year 13 of this um, preparation of a local plan. And uh, I've been been through it all. (laughs) Um, So, purely from that point of view, I hope the matter is settled uh, next week. I mean, from what I can see, we have a a local plan which makes sense. We've all been changing our views over the years as to how to deliver what's been needed. and, And in terms of housing numbers, it's been changing every month, Um, but picking up, so what I think we have here in front of us or what you have in front of you tonight and what the rest of the council will have next Thursday is is in my book the what, the what we want in terms of garden principles um, that have been referred to many times but it's, it's a what we want to deliver. Um, and my understanding is that then after we've approved a plan then we get down to how we bring it about and the DPD gets down to more detail and whether or not we've got um, developers who will play ball and will work with us as representatives of the community and other people who will help to represent the communities is, is the, the how that needs to be worked out later. Um, I mean, I have been, been pursuing the point that Councillor Lodge has repeated tonight myself with uh, Mr. Pugh. I have got a, a long email here and we have been bouncing to and fro. And I have satisfied myself that this document is about the what and, and that future discussion is about the how and whether or not uh, locally led development corporations come in. It is something that we may or may not consider at a, a later date, however soon or however late it is. So, the way I see it is that um, I'm hoping that next week the council will agree this document with the modifications that uh, that have been put forward and that we then move on to the more detailed level and and how to bring it, make sure it happens the way we want it to happen. And I think that's the key, the the way we should be heading.
0: Thank you, Councillor Dean. And I won't try and repeat those words. Suffice to say that I guess it's probably impossible to produce a plan that has 100% universal uh, support, because inevitably there will be uh, an element of housing that uh, doesn't satisfy everybody. As you've probably gathered, we have tried incredibly hard to um, take account of what we have to do, aligned with uh, what broadly... Uh, the community wants us to do. We have two significant commitments uh, which is to produce a plan and to have a five-year land supply so that we can protect this community. But I won't add to Councillor Dean's uh, comments uh, other than I absolutely agree with them and hope that we can move on um, on the 19th of June uh, to implement uh, something. I think broadly uh, Uttlesford wants because uh, if it doesn't have it then there are consequences. Um, That's not a threat, that's just a reality. Um, So, um, the recommendations uh, two to seven have been uh, read out, so I won't do that again, but just to remind you that I have to put at the front of what was read out that subject to the changes that members have agreed this evening, because there have been quite a few of them, and then we have the recommendations. So, those in favour of those recommendations? Thank you. Those against? Those abstaining? So three in favour, one abstention. So thank you very much indeed, uh, both to officers, uh, uh, members around the table, to uh, members who have come and stayed with us uh, through this evening, and to those listening. Thank you very much. I'm sure we'll see some of you uh, on the 19th of June as well. Thank you very much and good
2: night.